Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. All right. Well, we're going to talk about new life. We talked about death last week. You hit a good week. We're going to talk about new life this week. But you'll find as we're going through this series, they're a little more connected than you might think. How you find new life and how you and how you be honest about loss at the same time. Here's what I want to just remind you of, is life is always changing. Have you noticed that? When I first became a Christian, they told me I was supposed to be transformed. <laughs> and I did this kind of weird thing. I wanted to prove it. So what I did is I had this little cassette recorder. You guys know what that is. It's a little thing with tape on it. But it's, uh, it's kind of like your iPhone, but with tape. And so, you, I, so I recorded myself saying anything I wanted to say. I literally, I made sure the door was closed. I talked about what I believed about God, what I thought was important, I thought was stupid, I thought what I thought about my own life. I, I talked about the things going on in my own life that I was struggling with. I just, I just rambled. And then I wrote the date on it, and I hid it. No one could find this place. I wish I could find it now, but, I can't. but, but then, I, then about six months later, I would bring it back out, and I would record the exact same thing, and then I would play the different stages. And I, I found that as I listened to those recordings, it was quite helpful, because what was surprising to me is, even among six-month gaps, I was surprised at how much circumstances had changed in my life. The second thing I realized was I realized my future is much more unpredictable than I recognized because even within six months, I was surprised at what was going on now compared to how I saw it back then. But probably one of the most exciting parts was I literally could see that I was changing. It felt like listening to someone else, and I could see that God was actually working, and so those Christians that told me this would work, and the Bible told me it would work, I thought, it does, you know? So I would just love it because I could see. It's a little embarrassing listening too far back, <laughs> but it showed this kind of progression of transformation. And this is really what we're talking about in this series, and I encourage you, if not listened to the series or you jumped in parts of it, I would encourage you, of all series, to go back and listen to all the different parts because this is, they're all connected, these seven weeks. But this series is talking about this thing called Pascal Mystery, theologians might call it. And it's this place, that just means, Pascal means it's this place of like the Passover or the story of Easter. And if you summarize it way down, it's somehow, mysteriously, life comes out of death. Life comes out of loss. How can this be? And this is really a principle that we see in the kingdom. It's not a formula. It's not something we're trying to get you to do A, B, C steps. This is something saying this is how God works in the kingdom, and we are to be a place that we're yielding to that process and cooperating with that process. It helps us understand. And so as we look at this, you know, this process, it will take us to a place of a whole new way of living. It will take us to this place from starting with the Passover, it will take us to Pentecost, and and, and what that means as we go through it. And so what we, we talked about is that, you know, Jesus makes it clear as we went through that, that in this life, 
we will have trouble. So let's just take that in. Jesus made it clear. He said, my gosh, I had trouble today. In this life, you have trouble. Nothing's gone wrong. That is a normal part of life. But then Jesus says, what's so great about this, he understands that, but take heart, even though you're in trouble right now, I've overcome the world. It won't take you out. In fact, I'll use it for something really good. You can even get to the point of understanding this process that you can actually get to a place of understanding you no longer have to be someone who runs from pain and concern or loss. You actually can be a person that actually realizes that you can count even all joy when you hit hard things. It's this transformation that takes place from the inside out. The analogy that Jesus used, it's like this seed that dies and life comes out of it. I got a little illustration here. Now, don't go too crazy on this. It's just, I don't, I'm not a, I don't know much about stuff. So I think this is right. Uh, it off, it's off the internet. I'm sure it is. So, but if you look at this, spot, there's this crazy thing that happens in the way a seed happens. It falls and dies, and then this thing takes place. But it only can take place if the old of that seed, is, there's a death. And now that life takes place. This is this mystery. How in the Easter story we can see it so plainly because we see this place of this process kind of laid out and out of this life took place. So Jesus is talking about that. And here's the thing about it is life is filled not just with troubles, it's filled with losses. It's filled with deaths. It's not a cheery thing to think about. It is not cheery if you think when I'm speaking of death, I'm talking about terminal death. I'm not talking about terminal death. I'm talking about pascal death, which just means out of our deaths, we find life because of Jesus. He uses our loss, our suffering, to give us life. That's why they call it a mystery. You go, what? That's what, that's what the, the ancients call what mystery right <laughs> so and if you're uh if you don't believe in the myst some mysteries of god just grow a little older <laughs> so uh, there, there's some mysteries in god we want to lock him in but there's a few mysteries this is one that is so true and we participate in it but it's like how can that be all right so in this process we were talking about this place of of uh, we have a little great chart here which we go to this place of this place of the Passover, and then we see very distinctly. Have you ever thought about? We just often in evangelical Christianity, we just jump to the Good Friday to Pentecost or to Reservation. We kind of all blur it together, but there's a whole process that we see in here where it goes from Good Friday to Easter, and then you look. There's 40 days, 40 long days of of things taking place, and then we see the ascension of Jesus. And then we see the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost. And so the, what we're calling these places to help us understand this process a little bit better is this place where we find trouble. If you think about in the uh, Passover, they could feel trouble brewing, right? They could feel the, the thing with Judas going on. They have, they're in the garden. They, they got arrested. I mean, the trouble, trouble, trouble all the way around. And so that's the trouble. And Jesus shows that he was in the middle of the trouble in the garden. And then we look at spot of this place of his resurrection. 
you know, what we celebrate on Easter morning, like the tomb is empty. There's something, life has taken place. We call that new life. But then if you notice, there's this big period of adjustment that we'll be talking about next week. And then there's this place of letting go and this place of ascension. And then we get to the place of having a new spirit and living a life a whole different way, right? You know, for me, we're talking today about new life. And as a, a new Christian, when I first became a Christian, some people say, well, why did you become a Christian? It wasn't like I'd studied lots of theology and it came up with it. I was in trouble. <laughs> My sin was wiping me out. My life was terrible, and I realized I couldn't get myself out of it, and I needed a Savior. That's, if you put it like, I mean, if you think about what really is going on. And I didn't think much more about just getting out of pain when I came to know Jesus. Like, if this gets me out of this, I'll, and so I started this process when I said yes to Jesus. But really what I didn't think I understood was I understood that something had changed in me, but I just kind of thought of, you know, okay, I'm, I'm there. You know, everybody's happy. Uh, I'm saved. And I remember reading the Bible, and I thought, man, this is really talking a lot about after that moment, <laughs> a lot about this place of your life and what allows you to be transformed and how that looks. And so as we look at this is that, you know, in Corinthians Paul says that we are transformed to one degree of glory to the other, another, for this comes from the Spirit of the Lord. And this is really this process that we get to come into this life, but that's just the birth of this, this seed, and it grows and turns into something amazing, right? And we fully experience that as the consummation of the kingdom. But even on this earth, it grows towards that. And so we talked already about this place of, you know, in this world we'll have trouble. Okay, you guys, lock that one in. All right? Say it out loud. In this world, we'll have? Trouble. All right. Are you happy about that? No. Amen. Yes, you are. Yeah, you'll get there. All right. <laughs> you haven't cons who considers it? No, period. I won't even do that. All right. All right. So, and the other part is, is in this life, we'll have loss. Right? And the thing about loss is that if you put those two things together, what you also can say is in this life, you're going to have a lot of change. <laughs> life changes at levels that sometimes are hard to even keep track of. Have you ever noticed how much life changes? The life we have is always changing. Okay? So if you've noticed in these teachings, we have a primary point. <laughs> and one of the things we're going to start with is this place of recognizing life changes. You like that? Well, it depends, right? I mean, there's a part of us that's very difficult to face life and to face change. There's this study uh, in about 2007 it was printed in the Science Daily, and it says, uh, the title of it is, Overprotecting Parents Can Lead a Child to Develop a Peter Pan Syndrome. The Peter Pan Syndrome affects people who do not want or feel comfortable to grow up. People with the body of an adult with the mind of a child. 
Don't nudge anybody near you right now, okay? A syndrome is not currently proven psychologically, but it says, however, on an increasing number of adults are presenting the emotional immaturity and behaviors in the Western culture. You know, last week, remember we talked about Southwest Airline? I know you quote the Bible, but you can quote Southwest Airline. What is it? Want to get away? Right. The idea is in the Southwest Airline is like, if you want life, you need to get away from life. If you want real good life and fulfilling life, pretty simple, get away from real life. I mean, that sounds crazy, but pretty much it's what our culture is telling us and our flesh is telling us all the time. And this spot is place of, if you want to get away from change, just don't embrace change anymore and pretend like you're someone you're not. Because there's real trouble and there's real loss when you have true transformation and change. Right? But we also know how Jesus said the opposite and says, no, no, I, I want to give you life in real life. In life that has trouble. In life that's in a world that has evil and injustice. I want to show you how to live in that and take heart. You don't have to be even overcome by it anymore. This is the life to the full that he's talking about. Now, we understand change is expected. I mean, you just have to think it out a little bit, right? I mean, we can expect change. If you think of a, you know, the difference between someone who is expecting a child, which I don't know what that's like, but someone else can inform you. And like, I'm guessing that's a little different than once you have the child. And once you have the child, it's like your life is different. I have a new life. I have a baby. Can't go anywhere. A lot of diapers. All the things there, all the beauty, all the things that are out there. And then you think, toddlers, you know, are crawling. And then toddlers, they change your life. And then toddlers change your life. And then elementary change your life. And then teenagers really change your life. So it's like, you know, just, it's just all these changes. And then you have to let them go on their own. Those are all changes. There's trouble in all those things. There's a loss when those changes take place. But you have many different lives in that process. And if you resist the understanding that you have many different lives, life doesn't go well. You know, and, each, and you, know, you can just look at your... I can look at my... I, my mom took pictures of everything. I can just like flip the pages, baby, you know, quite a few. And then, you know, and then all the way... I want, teenagers, I know she did, wasn't really motivated to take many pictures then, but I, I have those two, right? I can see the whole process, and I had a different life, and because I had a different life, she had a different life. And it kept changing. And so there's this place in, w in which when we have life changes, we have to understand in that process of change, there will always be loss. You have to, there's a loss. But it's really important, and what we're going to talk about today, is that you have to acknowledge your loss, but you need to acknowledge your new life that you have. Because if you don't, you're stuck. And you're not able to live fully. And if you think about different examples of that, you know, I saw Erin Bushman somewhere over there. She's, she moved away, right? 
And I'm guessing there was a period of time, you could ask her later, is that she had to grieve the loss of this life here in St. Louis, and she was in a different town now, right? She needed to be able to both grieve the loss and embrace what her true life is now. It can be a spot in which that you have a place where, you know, you get a job, and it changes a lot of things. Or you get a promotion, and it changes a lot of things. Or you get a new boss. Change takes place, and your life changes. You have a child, or you lose a child, or your child makes decisions that are extremely difficult and destructive, and you're a part of their life. Or you have a family or a friend that you expected to always have this relationship, but you don't anymore for some reason. Things change. Maybe there's places that you dreamed of something all your life, and it hasn't taken place and not going to take place. Or something went a road that you wouldn't expect, you know? Or we, you have a pandemic, or you have a war. I, you, I mean, don't we know now, <laughs> after these last two years, you don't know what's coming, right? And, and, and so we, we can look at Scripture and say, well, does it give us reassurance? It promises we'll have trouble. <laughs> so, but the difference is it shows us that we can have life in the middle of that. So as we look at this, it's really important to understand as we go through this place, if we don't embrace our new life that changes, we don't experience the fulfillment of life that Jesus has for us. I mean, if you're in a spot where you're just not determined that you're not going to, you know, be a... I don't, want to, I don't want to lose my toddler. You know, I want, I, I'm going to keep treating him like a toddler. toddler. I'm, a, I'm a mother of a toddler. I'm a father of a toddler. I'm not sure who would actually hang on to that too much, but, but the reality is if you did, right, you'd say, and I don't want to move. I don't want him to grow up, right? It's not going to be good because that's not in reality with what's happening, right? Let's say, for instance, you're going along and you lose your job. And you think, no, I can't lose my job. And so you just don't acknowledge I'm a person who's unemployed. <laughs> you keep spending the way you used to. You keep, you know, you keep uh, driving around the place or something. You know, whatever that looks like. You don't tell anybody. You have a new life and you have not acknowledged it. And if you don't acknowledge it and, you don't, and, and, and embracing that new life, it's going to cause a lot of problems because you're not living in the reality and the truth that God wants to come into. And so the Easter story is really a story about kind of understanding that this is where the starts, where Jesus come, has come in and done something in which this is life is available. But the Easter story, if you think about what the Easter story is, it's just loaded with huge degrees of loss and trouble. I mean, if you can imagine what the disciples are going through by the time they saw Judas betray him, Peter cut off an ear, him getting arrested, all the things they were processing, Peter denying Jesus, all the things that went, they were just lost, 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 and then he lost his life, right? They knew that it was never going to be the same. But the moment that Jesus lost his life, this new thing started. This new life took place at that very moment. 
And so the disciples, what you see in this process we've talked about, is they were grasping that. And so where they're at, we talked about this place, they were, they were owning this place of the death of Jesus. They were owning that loss. And it was affecting them. But they were at that spot. They didn't understand this was the death that was going to lead to life. You know, they were grasping it a little bit. They just couldn't get that. And so they were in sadness and pain. You know, it's really, it's interesting because when we read Scripture, we forget we can read ahead, you know. They didn't know about Pentecost. All they got is a lot of pain. They cannot see anything good in this new life they have. They just have loss of what they had. And after he dies, like, this is never going to be the same. And they knew that. And they were grieving that, right? The life, the old life they had no longer was there. Now, what I want to do is I want to just go through and I want to look at three quick examples of a switch that started taking place. That Jesus came in to their grieving and began helping them to start grasping what took place. And I think if you look at uh, this analogy, uh, it's kind of like this is, as soon as Jesus did what he did on the cross, it was finished. And this new life took place. And they're just catching on that it's there. And it's just this place that they can't quite see yet. So let's look at the, the, a few stories here. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. She's on track. <laughs> She's weeping. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord. But she said, I don't know where they have put him. At this, he turned around and she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize it was Jesus. And it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she goes on and says, thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. You see the grief in this? It can't be this way. She's facing this place. And she came to, to, uh, ordain, or to bring spices to prepare the body and to grieve and to mourn, and she can't even do that. And Jesus said to her, Mary, when she said that name, says, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Do you see the change that happened here? Now look at, we see this happening with the two men going to, uh, to a town where Jesus showed up there, but then we see in this place to the larger disciples, it says that one evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after 
he said this. He showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed and saw the Lord when they saw the Lord. Now Thomas, one of the disciples, was not, uh, uh, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. The shift. But Thomas, I think, is one of the most interesting because Thomas <laughs> is embracing the loss. And he's just in despair. And so when Thomas hears this, it says, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into the side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Through the door, they were locked, through the doors were, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands and reach out your hand and put it in my, into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said, My Lord, my God. And Thomas believed. He claimed his new life. Now, did, was he clear on what that exactly meant? <laughs> right? But what we see in this is that he's in a spot where he's stuck because he's grieving the loss, but he doesn't, he's not holding to the truth of what Jesus had promised. And I love that spot where Jesus says to him, you know, you know believe. You know, and when I think of him in that moment, I just think this spot where he understood this is a place in the middle of my grief, I have to believe in who, what Jesus has, is saying to me right now. And it changed everything. I love what I love about these passages is the, grat the grace and the kindness and the understanding of Jesus with everybody where they were at that particular part. You know, the things that they needed the things he came along, and he, he wasn't saying, quit grieving. He was saying, grieve with this new hope. You understand that this is, this, there's something good here. There's something I want you to understand. So when they, as, they're, as they're taking that in, and they think, my life, it's just pain, and it's, it's, it's just grieving, and all of a sudden, there's this other thing that happens, and new life comes into that situation. You know, I, I even love it where it's like his timing, Right? He waits a week just to let Thomas <laughs> settle till this moment happens. I don't know why, except that was when he needed that to take place, right? And the way that he did it, a reappearance exactly the same, knowing that he heard what he said, and he knows him that well still. You imagine what that would do for you when you think, how did you know that, right? Exactly what he said. So God is gracious on helping us through this process. But many times we get to a spot where we kind of can get stuck in situations. You know, we, we often, when we think of the story of Easter, when we think of the gospel and the message of Jesus, we begin thinking, this, and this absolutely applies to this place of how do we come into relationship with Jesus Christ? This place that we're born again, that we have this new life, 
that it talks about in Corinthians, that where the old is gone, the new has come. Right? We start experiencing that. We do that by turning from our old life and turning and accepting this new life that God has promised us, right? And so we understand that in the context of often the starting point of our Christianity. But one of the verses we love as a church, it says in Colossians, it says, just as you received Christ, the same way you received Christ, continue to walk, him, walk with him in that exact same way. So the way you receive Christ is the way you keep being transformed by Christ. This place of understanding, allowing him to change you, which always involves loss and trouble sometimes, in a place, but it always brings in this new hope. So, when Jesus is promising life, he's saying, I want to have you have life in the middle of all this stuff that's going on. And I want to show you how this transformation in the kingdom happens. And so when we do that, when we get to a spot where we begin cooperating with this and we're not afraid of loss and we allow God to come in and we name our loss and then we, we, we name our new life. Uh, some people say you claim your life, your birth, right? When we do that in these moments, it allows this process to take place. It brings God into it. It opens the door for God to be a part and we experience him. Now, let me just apply this to a few things and we're going to close with just a little bit of a quiet and uh, kind of giving a chance for maybe God to talk to you a little bit uh, after I've talked to you so much. Right? But, you know, I started thinking of just kind of some examples that came to my mind when I thought about this. It could be a loss that you have, like a place that you're, something has changed, that you have a new life now because, you know, it may be a relational thing. I remember when my mom, she moved here right as she was having Alzheimer's. That's the reason she moved here. I remember in this process, you know, all these things I kind of hoped for that I would get from my mom, I wasn't going to get from my mom. And not only that is now I'm now, my new life is taking care of my mom. And I fought that. <laughs> that wasn't a new life I wanted, but that was my new life. And you know what I'm saying? God's gracious and he helped me get to a place where I could embrace that life. And life came into that. But I could have spent the entire time not embracing that new life. I had, and missing all that God wanted to do as my mom deteriorated with Alzheimer's and died. You know, it can be a spot in which that, you know, you, it may be that you, you've lost a friendship, and it's changed your life. You are now a person without that friendship. Or you've lost a spouse who death or divorce, or Maybe you've had a time, you've got this time where you have these experiences with Jesus, you're in the season, and you think, I just want to go back to that. I don't like this season. Anybody know that one? Right? <laughs> I remember it was like that. I want to go back to that. And God says, no, this is the season you're in. And the more I think I want to go back to that, and I won't embrace this new life and the season I'm in, 
the more I miss the things that God wants to do in the season. You know, it can be a spot where, you know, uh, you know, for me, like in parenting, you know, my girls are in the 30s. And there's times that I still treat them like they're in high school. Doesn't go well, right? I got to realize we're an adult to an adult relationship. And that changes my life. If I don't embrace that, it's not going to help me and it's not going to help them. You know, I, uh, maybe it's a spot where you have a dream that you just desired to happen. You had a hope for your life. Maybe your career or your accomplishments, and it just hasn't happened or something that you expected at this point in your life. You know, Debbie and I are experiencing this one. I worked in the yard all day yesterday. I can barely stand right now because I'm in a different season of life and I have not accepted it yet. <laughs> right? It's, 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 it's my new life. I have to listen to God, like, sit down now, go get a drink, you know. So, it can be lots of things. But my question to you today, really, is this place, is have you acknowledged, have you, have you named the things that you've lost, and have you acknowledged your new life? the real life that God has given you right now. So what I'm going to do is I want to just take a minute. And I want us to close our eyes. And I know a minute in a, in a group feels like, you know, about 10 minutes. But it's going to be one minute, so you know it. One minute will be done. But one minute, I'd just like you to be quiet before God, and I want you to ask Him, help me see my new life, and help me acknowledge it right now. Amen. Let us close the worship team can come up, and here's the invitation. The invitation is just spend some time praying and reflecting. I maybe encourage you maybe to journal on this one. And think about the changes that you've experienced in your life. And then in the middle of that, acknowledge where you've experienced loss. And then acknowledge and name your new life. Okay, and don't jump too quick. Just stay there for a while. Look it over and let God talk to you. And then just welcome God into both those things. Welcome him into this loss 
and also knowing, God, you're good and you have life for me and this new life that I have, and I welcome you into that. I may not be able to see it very clearly, right? The disciples couldn't see it very clearly, but they could say, yes, that Jesus, you said, this is going to be okay, and I'm still trusting you in this, all right?